What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Goat. I am, as always, the cartel. As always. One day you'll have an alter ego. Potentially. You, you want to have like a good variety. Ironically enough, like a name like the cartel is not the alter ego, you know? That's right. Cartel is actually who I am. Um, there could be like a dark cartel and a, like a light cartel. Um, you know, like the black Spider-Man suit, regular Spider-Man suit. Like an alternate universe kind of deal, you know? Could be like could eventually be a Pokemon cartel instead of a sports card cartel. It's uh, it's the cartel that never worked out. You know, it's that guy. Yeah. The guy that the never fourth, started working out. That like uh, yeah, like uh, o -O obese cartel, <laughs> Fortnite cartel, right? Chick Fil A Chick -fil cartel. I'm working on. I'm actively working on Chick Fil A cartel. <laughs> Team, we have some fun and excitement here for you today. Not just back and forth banter, as always, but uh, today we're going to be starting the podcast off with a bit of discrepancy. So, you know, we've got alternate universes. And in this alternate universe we're in today, and it's not for every card, but the cartel and I are starting to notice, and not just us, but a few other members of the hobby, are starting to notice that BGS 9.5s are less money than a PSA 9. And this, so I, I'm not going to say that this surprises me because as we know, I only got back into this hobby like a year and a bit ago. Um, thanks. I mean, in a large part to the cartel. But when I joined, when I jumped back in, all anybody was talking about was PSA and cartel was adamant. He's like, no, no, no. Like BGS is, is reputable. It's respectable. A 9.5 is still a gem mint, which is the same grade structure that a PSA 10 is. I mean, they're both considered gem mint. And since PSA doesn't have anything higher than a gem mint, I mean, there are often times where people have crossovers of a 9.5 BGS and it ends up becoming a 10 PSA. Now the price difference is pretty damn significant, man. Yeah, it's, and uh, you know, we, I want to hear a lot from you on this topic because you, again, um, I don't want to say it in a, in a negative way or to downplay who you are in this hobby, but you came in when a lot of people came in. Uh, I think we've discussed this before. You came in, in my opinion, you came in with a better mindset. You had knowledge of the sports that you were interested in collecting and, and doing business with. You, uh, you kind of took your time to educate yourself a little bit before jumping in all the way in, right? Now, that's not the case for a lot of people that were just attracted to the dollars and cents. Yeah. Um, and that people just, that just wanted to kind of capitalize on a, on a trend, what they thought might be a trend or or uh, the market hype. And when you came in- I think that's why I stayed away from baseball or basketball. You know what I mean? Like, because when yeah. I came in, basketball was gigantic. Yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't view this with an unbiased perspective because it just, everything is shiny right now. And I've never seen this market. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna take a step back and just let this fl like flood. 
and, and you are a basketball fan, right? Yep. So that, I mean, that's probably the, like, I, again, I, I was a basketball fan back in, in what I believe was the golden era in the eighties and nineties. And I kind of fell off because I'm just so into my other sports. Uh, you are a basketball fan. So I'm sure the temptation was there to jump in where everybody else was jumping. I think that was smart. I think you, you could have put yourself in a situation when you came in where right now you'd be counting a lot of losses potentially. Yeah. Um, so that, 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 that's definitely what I mean is you came in at a time when basketball was the hype prism, um, uh, the, uh, the, the hype over PSA slabs was really, um, a big part of the hobby. It still is, but anyone coming in, in March of 2020, if you ask them what grading was all about, it was synonymous with PSA the same yeah. way Kleenex is synonymous with, with tissues. tissues. Yeah. Yeah. PSA and it's and it's it, it's branded it is branding there's no one here who's going to give you some kind of hardcore statistical analysis that says one one brand is better than the other no but they will be able to show you sales they will be able to show you uh things like how long the company's been around and general reputation but you know it's it's time for a little bit of a history lesson here. I feel like I've gone over it a few times, but again, this, this conversation is so big, particularly we're, we're recording here on a Sunday and that, that, that is the big conversation today as a result of certain posts and conversations going on in the hobby. But uh, again, PSA has been around a long time. Uh, so has sports card guarantee. Beckett was the new player in this hobby. Um, again, I'm having trouble with the exact year that I, I want to say, because based on what I was sending in, I want to say it was like 90s, 97-ish. Yeah, yeah. 90s. So they're not, they're like a 20, 25-year-old company. Um, and man, they they blew the market away. When they came in, there was so much excitement because of the fact that it was always PSA and, and SGC ruling the market. So here comes a new player, and here comes a new player with a brand that was recognized because I bought a Beckett every month. I had a hockey Beckett every single month. We didn't have as much access on the on the web at that point For uh, in terms of things like news, prices. Yeah. Um, my favorite part was the the Beckett uh, hot list every month that gave you and I, and you get to see pictures of these cards that you're never going to own uh, that are that are hot. But then you also see some of your young guns, and you feel great about yourself yeah. on that list. But I remember even as a kid, I was like. I don't get how this isn't a bit of a conflict of interest. It's a company that provides pricing and news about this, about the hobby. And now they're going to be grading cards and everyone just kind of glossed over that and moved on. And that's fine. Um, but they built their reputation. People like the slabs. They liked the subgrades. And I thought it was a smart thing to try to differentiate yourself and not use the traditional one to 10 scale. Yeah. There's no rule that you had to SGC had a one to a 100 scale. Um, so I kind of liked that. Beckett was like, hey, we're not going to do 1 to 100. We're not going to do 1 to 10. Our gem mint is a 9.5. And then they threw in the coloring of the labels and the gold labels. People loved the gold. I, I want these gold labels. Great. Or black um, label, man. Now, now, remember, that came a little bit later, right? Because right off the bat, um, I, I believe there were 10s, pristine, but there was no black label. That came a little bit later. I associate that myself with a bit of gimmickry um and it works for them and uh, I, I i see now we're complicating things because i mean all i can think about whenever you say black label all i can think about is that zion silver the zion yeah that is so off-centered and um 
gets well, into a, a pristine box. 10 is arguably the most expensive version of any card you can get. Right. If you're looking at PSA 10 versus pristine 10, we know, we know what's going on there. The, the big issue is what's going on with 9.5 and 10. And, um, you know, Beckett at, at a certain point, uh, and I don't know this hundred percent because I stepped away. Look, when we go to university, when we, when we get busy in life, we yeah. get away from the hobby. And those years are the years that people were telling me, apparently Beckett was selling for more than PSA. People uh, liked Beckett that much. And it was at a time when there was not as, there was not nearly as many eyes on the hobby as there yeah. is right now. And, um, you know, all I know is whenever I went to a show, Beckett was there. PSA wasn't here in Canada. And um, they were friendly and accessible. The grading was consistent. Say what you will about it. To this day, and I've told you this, and I think you've seen this when I'm organizing my cards. If I feel like there's a little something, I might, I might be trying Beckett rather than PSA on that yeah. particular card. It's just built into me for whatever reason, because as you're growing up, when Beckett was just starting out, you just always heard these stories about PSA is really tough. PSA was associated with vintage. PSA was associated with being really tough on grading at that point when we're talking about the 90s, early 00s. Yeah. Um, but everybody loved the Beckett slab and apparently they eventually got to the point where they had more, more value on the market than a PSA slab. And then here we are now where, what is it? Uh, the, the, using that, that Peyton Manning as an example, it was uh, some ridiculous multiplier of a PSA 10 versus a BGS 9.5. Now, what's happened in between that period of time is what's happening now in terms of the, the, the pandemic market and the influencer market, right? Uh, who, is the, who is the athlete so it's got to have a PSA? Um, it's got to be PSA. Kendrick Perkins. Right, he's like, it's got to be PSA. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, what I was thinking about. The first, like, the first thing you're like, PSA 10s. I was like, well, you got people blatantly just saying, it, 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 he's like, if it's not PSA, it ain't shit. Right. And there's a lot of influence there. Um, when Gary Vee's showing cards off, they, they tended to be PSA slabs. Uh, whenever you see a big sale on golden auctions or a classic card, like the Wagner, like uh, Rob G's Mantle, like the Gretzky's, they're in PSA slabs. That goes a long way because, again, you're, you're creating this synonymous situation where if you're talking to someone on the street about grading, they figure you're talking about PSA first and foremost. HGA right? 9.5s, at least for the Tatis, are higher than a BGS 9.5. The, H, the HGA stuff, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to benefit from recency, recency bias, um, because it's a new thing. It, I'm not, and I'm not saying this as an advertisement. I'm just saying this as like right. awareness. It's, and at that point, you almost kind of got to take a step back and say, how is this possible? Well, you know I, what I mean? I, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say it's all that surprising when there's a, a new product and given everything else that's swirling around right now, like not being able to get PSA grading and prices being so expensive. I mean, I, I really do want to go back to Beckett for the first time in a while and I have an order ready to go. It's the pricing is like really, it's really high. It's gone nothing but gone up. Beckett hasn't had, had an opportunity during all this time. And I, I, I don't know what went, what went on. They really didn't take advantage of the opportunity that they had. Um, you, you hear about the delays. Uh, I, I have an order somewhere out there via store in the States that, uh, man, uh, the, the, the quote unquote 30 day order came in after a few months, but the 60 day order, I don't know when I'm going to see those cards. Really? Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that, but, um, I should probably check in on that this week. 
but they really had an opportunity that I feel like they, they, they dropped the ball. Now what's happening is, is the conversation is, is this gap too large? And does that mean there's an opportunity here? Should you be selling, you know, I'll give you a hockey example. If, if, if Austin Matthews is two, two to 2,500 us and you know, the, the BGS is closer to a thousand or whatever it is. Like 1200. Do you want to take that PSA, uh, that PSA rake, and then put that into BGS cards. I mean, you can have multiples. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that sort of thing. Maybe that is what's going to develop down the line. Um, the other thing is the optics, right? Like uh, 10 versus a 9.5. I've seen some, uh, you know, quote unquote, celebrity influencers. And they're like, why would I want a 9.5 when I can have a 10, man? And it's 10 versus 9.5. But we're kind of missing the point there. That's just, that's just the face value yeah. optics of it. Like yeah. 9.5 is still gem mint. And by the way, PSA still employs the concept of looking at every sort of sub issue, sub grade. They, they look at centering. They, they look just, at- they just don't post about it. Like they, they don't just, post it yeah. and write it down, but they're yeah. still looking at it. So, and that's built in because if I, if I ever had an opportunity to confront someone from PSA at a show or something, I said, Hey, you know, I have 10 Ronald Acuna, uh, I'm saying as an example, yeah, yeah, of course. updates, I might have that many. Um, and this one's got, you know, like a, a white spot on the corner. Well, they're going to say, yeah, but, but the centering is great. The surface is great. Everything else is great. And so we decided that it leans towards a PSA 10. Yeah. And that's totally reasonable. I'm not going to argue with that, but yeah, that just yeah. goes to show they do consider all the different sub areas the same way Beckett does, but they just lay it out. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of hockey collectors. They just like to collect their hockey in Beckett and they like stacking those slabs and having it be uniform. But it is a huge discrepancy at this point. And I think you mentioned it, right? The PSA nines are now exceeding BGS 9.5s. A lot of people are rightfully sitting there thinking this, this could be an opportunity to, uh, to uh, take advantage of this strange discrepancy that, that really, in my opinion, is being driven by uh, influencers and people that are new to the hobby are coming in and that's what they're seeing. They're seeing PSA, PSA, PSA. Yeah. Um, which makes it very daunting for, for new companies. Um, I'm not thrilled with the concept of there being a ton of grading companies, but I, there should be room. There should definitely be room for a, a prominent third. Yeah. Cause I don't even know if SGC is a prominent third at this point. I mean, um, like old school collectors would say it, but I just, honestly, I just, unless it's vintage, I see no demand for SGC. Like I just. Yeah. It's pretty clear that it, it's just not there. No. Um, but there, 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 there's, there's room for it. There, there, there can, you know, again, you don't want to like dilute if there's a, no, 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 I get it. Yeah. And like, if you have SGC cards, like they're a quality company, I just yeah, don't if, see them selling for some of them don't even sell for what they're grading for now. Like they're grading for what? 75 bucks, 80 bucks. I don't, yeah. I don't, I, sometimes I don't see SGC cards sell for that. I mean, really, the only thing I can imagine is sending in very, very high end, right? To justify the, the cost. Of the but grade. at which point, why wouldn't you just send it like Super Express to PSA? Like That's the thing. As soon as, as, soon as you're holding a, a Kobe or LeBron Chrome, like they're going to tell you that, you know, what are you doing? Send, send, send that in. Send it to PSA. It. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the bottom line on that is that, that, I, I certainly agree with this concept that, that there's, there's too much of a discrepancy at this point. 
we don't want to let it get to the point where PSA has completely taken over. No, and we dismiss all the other grades. And I'm not saying this as someone who holds BGS. Yeah. I think, I mean, at this point, I have more PSA than BGS just based on the fact that my last few gigantic orders were PSA. Yeah. Um, so it's not like I'm, it's not about my personal involvement no. In it no. by any means, but we don't want it to get to that point where it's like all in the power of one company. We don't oh, want to I mean, because then, then, then they they up their rates. Then they, you know what I mean. Like we're already at the mercy of PSA, but yeah. like, if I mean, you, I don't know. It's not, it's not a great world to think about. If like your only option here to to sell the to the masses is eBay, your only option here to sell the high end is Golden. Your only option here to grade is PSA. We we don't want to. I mean, don't that's wanna... that's their perfect world. Oh, do you know what I mean? Right. Like that is that's like me. that's their perfect world. Yeah. I think, and when you say they, let's, you know, that's important because there's- It's the there's almighty they that hold the whole community. I mean, they don't hold the whole community. They hold the whole community in their hand, arguably. Yeah, and they don't necessarily want to be around for much longer than, say, five to 10 years. That's what I'm thinking. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Good. Yeah. You get when the getting's good, and then a bunch of people are left holding the bag, and we've seen that in the hog. We've seen it in the past. Uh, that's why the people, you know, just getting back but, to what we but, were. But there will still be another wave. Like, I personally think that, yeah. like, five, ten years, I agree. But it, in 20 years, uh, a Gretzky will be, like, five million, maybe ten million. You know what I mean? Like, it'll it, – it, it has these, like, cyclical decade jumps almost. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, when – retro comes back again for everything which it always does you know like as you've seen like bell bottoms are back and fucking um what do you call them uh like overalls are in again you know what i mean like uh like big clunky home phones like those old school rotary phones if you can get one they're like crazy expensive you know so like retro comes back every few decades and i do believe that even if there is a five to ten window on this i think that it peaks again but like you don't want to sit on their stuff for 20 years unless you do. Right. But, but this is what I'm saying. I mean, again, this, remember it's they that are going to be around for five to 10 years. Yeah. And, um, and that, again, on our episode, going back to basics, you're going to be okay. If you're being smart, you're diversifying, you're, you're buying, you know, you're buying the reliables, not doing too much prospecting, not putting everything into one product yeah. for one sport. I think you're doing great for yourself if you're diversifying and you're really thinking about it. I, I love these Instagram accounts that are just really thinking about things. It's one thing to buy, by the way, if you're just like this account who's like boxing, UFC, Fortnite, all over the place, I think that's a little too much. You're, you're now you're doing too much and yeah. you're going you're gonna to slip up somewhere along the way there. But I like people doing deep dives on, on, on certain elements and you know, backing it up and, and showing the numbers and giving, and sometimes it's just about opinions. Don't show me a chart all the time. Yeah. Charts are charts. I think it's, it's fun. I, I think it's awesome that we figured out the whole middle figure, middle finger chart uh, that we've seen. And it's a nice little warning for a lot of people, but charts are just one element. Don't show me charts. Just show me your thinking. Yeah. Show me, you know, the, my, the best example of this is sealed wax. Show me your thinking on why you think. Uh, sealed wax and i i certainly think it's one of the smartest plays that there is i think uh, investment wise it's probably the safest like you possible like straight up 
I was uh, I was looking at Golden the other day, and they have a 2011 uh, case of uh, update. So like trout rookies. Yeah. That yeah, case. That case. 2011. So 10 years ago, that case was probably like $300, like, like maybe five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that's what's going to happen with my, you know, 2018 uh, update. And the last but, time I checked, it was like 20 K us, bro. Yeah. And, and the point there is, um, you know, people are explaining, look, here, here's my, here's my logic on keeping this stuff because there's going to be less and less of it. So there's the scarcity issue. There's multiple demands. So you can chase Soto, you can chase, chase Acuna, you can chase the product that they're both in, along with a bunch of other good rookie cards. Shohei is on fire this year, bro. And you're not going to miss, right? So, yeah, now here's the thing. If Shohei got injured again, like he did last year, or, or faltered... And you're, you're, and you're okay. stuck with just Shohei, you know what I mean? And you're okay, and you're okay because you've got yeah. Acuna, Soto, and, and everyone else in there. So um, that's what I like to see are people, people thinking about about that sort of thing, rather than just jumping all over um, the, the typical things that we are. And again, when it comes to the Jordans and the Gretzkys, there are going to be major fluctuations. But again, it's Jordan and Gretzky. You know, barring you know anything really insane happening with these guys, it's it's those those are the centerpieces. Those are yeah. the, the foundation, and they're always going to be there. Um, so, and, anyways, and personally, like, they they can't go down by that much. Like they really. It, it personally, that's how I feel. I just think that they, their floor is high, is high as hell. You know yeah. what I mean? It depends on what, what you buy in at. Like you buy in at a, at a Jordan at 750,000. Like yeah. it's going to be harder but, to, to hit that like for yeah. soon. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But again, and you know, and those, those big sales that we saw, and then some people will start talking about manipulation, this, that, or the other thing, you know, what does actually exist in life is you get someone who just wants that. They don't have a specific plan. They just want it and they go get it. Um, yeah. it, it, it is interesting though. The, the big Jordan sales that were in the 700 K category, I don't think we heard about like who was doing the purchasing. No. I, I, as far as I know, it was like private sales. Um, so there are people out there that just want to own it. Dude, and they, and the you just don't want to deal with the bullshit. So like on, when I was getting my OV, all of the market comps, uh, and they were all like a month prior. I hadn't seen one up for auction in quite some time. And right. all of the prior market comps were like $2,000, $1,800 for my PSA 9 OV. Right. And I saw one and it was buy it now. And it was like $2,650. And I was like, when, when's the next time I'm going to see one of these? Like the pop count on them is like 400 or something. There's only like 300 higher. So we're talking about maybe 800 cards or yeah, 800 cards for a guy who I think is arguably, if not the greatest goal scorer of all time. And I mean, I know Wayne Gretzky exists, but in this day and age, what he's done, he guy's unbelievable and he will be timeless. So I was like, I want an Ovi and I offered the guy 2,400 and I paid it. And at the time it was probably anywhere from 400 to 600 over market value or like 25 to 30%. And I just, I was like, I'm not dealing with these like back and forth auctions. Like, I just want to own this cart, you know? And like, maybe instantly, maybe for the next two years, three years, four years, whatever, it's still, an, maybe it's an overpayment, but I don't care because I wanted that cart. Right. And, and you, yeah, you weren't buying to flip it and you didn't, you know, no. and then, and so that's what I'm saying. If someone, yeah. you know, 
again, whoever bought those cards, if they were legitimate sales, I'm going to assume because I, I got to try to stay away from the negativity, they, they bought in high and they may have to wait a little longer and they might not make as much profit as the, as the people that bought in at three, 400,000. Uh, I would imagine the people that bought in around 30, 35 have probably already pulled out, although maybe not because maybe they're, maybe they're Jordan collectors, maybe they're Bulls collectors. Um, so, you know, it, it happens. Like people have to remind themselves, it's not all manipulation and yeah. sinister stuff. Sometimes yeah. it's just people buy high. We've all done it, by the way. I, I mean, and the thing is like, when you, when you, when you love that card, when you love the sport, when you love the player, you have no problem doing it because you understand the value of that thing. And in your head, no amount of money will, will like replace that physical good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. But, uh, you know, in, in, in my mind, um, I think, uh, I want to go the, the route of thinking that eventually we'll calm down and maybe we will see less of a discrepancy with the BGS and PSA pricing versus this concept that if it just keeps going this way and then we all start dismissing BGS, we, we do not want to be in that situation where it's just PSA controlling the market and, and involved in, in the market. So, uh, Speaking of being now, you, uh, you had mentioned before we, before we uh, got on the air, you were talking about something going on with tops and soccer. We, we must discuss soccer, obviously, as part of the cardboard couches. Thanks I, to Coach Co. I was going to mention uh, talk about discrepancies. And, and so, oh, it's a discrepancy. Slapsocks posted a picture on Friday evening, and it was Slapsocks FC. So, this is the, like the soccer version of it. And uh, I also confirmed this by going on eBay and checking it, out, uh, checking it out myself. The Topps Chrome Champions League set has been delayed. So the 2021 version has been delayed, I think, three times now. And there are rumors circulating that the reason why it is now delayed. So it was actually supposed to come out on May 5th. And I've actually been talking about this with my girlfriend for at least three weeks, four weeks. And I'm like, May 5th, May 5th, May 5th, May 5th. It got delayed. And now that's when it's available on the website or pardon. That's when it's available on the website. It was or? supposed to be available. So the pre-sale everywhere says that it's, it's going to get shipped May 5th. Oh, shipped and, out to stores. You. Okay. And this was like, like I've already, I pre-ordered in December because I was so jacked up for this and it was supposed to debut in March and then it got delayed to May. And now it's been delayed again until I think June. Anyway, one of the reasons why people are saying it got delayed was because there was a bit of a, uh, a scandal that happened with Tops. Someone, an eBay seller, posted about 20 to 30 cards, singles, from this upcoming set that hasn't even debuted yet, including oh some of the Sapphire parallels that haven't even been announced. Like, Sapphire hasn't even been confirmed yet. So. Wow. And especially because last so it would, it year, would be like, it would be like if 2021 Sapphire somehow popped up right now. I mean, I mean, that's probably crazy because they haven't even, but, like, that's exactly it. That's, but that's exactly it. It's like, it hasn't even been announced last year. People were really pissed off myself included because Sapphire was only available to the Montgomery club like members. Right. And they, they announced it last second. They were like, Hey, if you have a, uh, a Montgomery, Montgomery club membership, Sapphire boxes are 80 bucks each. People were yeah. buying the maximum, which was, I think, four at the time. 
and they were reselling instantly before they even received them for $800 a piece. So Tops basically gave every single Montgomery Club owner like $3,200 for no fucking reason. And now this, and now that they actually something, they must have given it to either a friend or an employee or someone got a hold of these products early on, posted them on eBay. And a lot of the cards are between $1,500 and $10,000 US posted right now. Yeah. Now that's, they're posted there. So it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be selling for that. But if I really want those cards and I see them and I want to be the, the person who owns them first, I mean, and I got the money, maybe I take a shot at those. I don't. Yeah, which but... there's people who probably would. Right. And it's almost like prepping the market in terms of value. There's a lot there. That's not good. Um, but that's, that's, yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I, I think I saw like, little mentions of that here and there, but I, of course, I just don't follow the soccer as closely, but I, we're probably going to be seeing more of that sort of, more of that sort of thing. Um, you know, people are now going into the, the stock rooms at Walmarts and grabbing stuff. There's all sorts of stuff like that going on, but it's obviously more concerning when you hear about, you hear about it coming from one of the companies, one of the major card distributors, one of, one of, one of the major, major card manufacturers, you know, so I mean, I mean if, and again, as a, as a soccer collector, you, you sort of have to grin and bear it, right? Like, that's just sort of how it is. Well, because, I mean, it's hard enough getting retail, as we talked about, but, like, they're gifting the retail, which I understand, but, like, you're, you're giving it to people who are just going to sell. It, it's, very, it's very similar to, you know, Target and the people who buy mass quantities, and then they, they sell it back to... I mean, I saw a video on TikTok yesterday. Someone, like, their job is to go to Target. Like they go to the Target, they buy like $1,000 worth of stuff. Um, yeah. uh, Pokemon, baseball, whatever. And then they go to their local card shop and they sell it to the local card shop for like four or five yeah. times what they pay for it, right? Yeah. And, um, and I'm like, man, like imagine being that local card shop that has to pay four or five times because they can't get retail you know, even if they wanted to. Hey, Brandon, can we pause for one moment? Of course. Um, I got to figure out what's going on. There's someone hammering. I'm, I'm about to go get myself in some serious trouble. Yeah. I'm gonna... All right, all right. Enough about people that frustrate us, you know, the comps, someone knocking feverishly at your house, tops, scandals. Let's talk a little bit more positively about the NHL playoffs coming up. And... The NHL playoffs are a great time to see how some of your mid-season and off-season plays come to life. There have been a decent amount of bumps in hockey cards, um, specifically of these playoff teams. Like, I mean, you've been mentioning Huberto since the moon's been around. And uh, I think, um, I think you know, one of the bigger surprises of the year, the Florida Panthers. I agree. I, but the thing is, uh, you've had a beat on them for like three, four years. Oh yeah. That's and... the funny thing. I say they're a surprise, but they're a, uh, an expected surprise. I mean, a lot of people were waiting, right? It's I a, guess it's that similar, point where you kind of eventually give up. Similar like to Carolina, shot. right? Where like, you know, this is like, these are two teams where we were expecting huge things. I mean, Carolina probably less like recently, but we almost gave them a little bit more slack for it, you know? 
Yeah, but Florida Panthers, one. they put a lot of money into their into their team a few off seasons ago. They got Bobrovsky. They you know they re-signed all of their big stars. They brought in a lot of help for Barkov, Huberto, shored up that D line, and got Joel Quinville. And uh, fast forward to a pandemic season, guess what? This Florida Panthers team looks pretty good. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about some sleepers, sleeper teams maybe a few sleeper players and um, you know, what kind of noise we can make come playoff time, because obviously everyone knows that if, if Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner make it to, you know, the second round then shit's hitting the fan, but there are going to be lots of opportunities elsewhere. So you want to, you want to throw it on, you know, maybe your team to watch come playoff time. Well, let's also, let's also consider the overall um, strategy. Because yeah. people like to talk about that sort of thing. It's not, you know, maybe not everyone has the eye for it, but you certainly want to start looking at when you want to be selling. Is now a time to be buying? Um, we talk about that that lull post-championship, right? If you're waiting all the way, if you're going to ride it all the way through and you figure that team is going to go all the way, and then what happens typically after that championship victory, after it reaches a crescendo, is a rather steady drop. Whereas when the playoffs start, that's an opportunity to kind of capitalize on some of these teams. If, if we have a situation, for example, when a, te- a team kind of crawls in to the playoffs. I, so I've been talking about the Flames recently. Yeah. They've been making a little bit of noise. Maybe they'll be able to just sneak in there. Um, that would be the time, in my opinion, because even just because they're sneaking in doesn't mean they're going to go very far. Or they're going to yeah. win the cup. Yeah. So if they are sneaking in and eyes are on them, maybe that's the time that you're going to see some big jumps for players like Monaghan, Goudreau, and Kachuk. And you might want to make some plays there. And then perhaps put that, either take that or put that into, you know, the, the, the teams that you think are going to go uh, a little bit further. I, um, I, think, uh, but, I think if Minnesota can win a few games and Cappy makes some noise, dude, that card is going to just explode that's definitely a card like a 26 year old rookie yeah a lot of people are making decisions right now am i going in right now um do i wait if i do wait just how high is it going to go and again with upper deck this year there's a lot of x factors because don't forget about condition sensitivity uh don't forget about so in series one you're talking about massive condition sensitivity in series two you're talking now i i I think they corrected the issues with the young guns in series two. I don't know if you heard about this. No idea. I I know that the base set still looks like a playing card set, but apparently the young guns were printed on a different press. So even though they might be in better shape, what's the issue right now? The issue is getting them out to PSA. So these people that are getting Caprasov's back, the French version and the regulars are probably sending in express. They're spending a lot more money to get those cards. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's something that's going to impact the, the scenario with series two and even series one and any hockey card right now is that is the three month, you know, or I guess it's two months now PSA layoff. Um, so that's definitely a factor there. And the Caprazov card is a big one to watch right now. That's extremely volatile. Yep. Uh, if Wild make a big run and he plays well in the playoffs. My goodness. That's, that's going to be huge. Um, I like, I like a few sleepers on Florida. Like, first of all, I like Florida's secondary scoring a lot because I mean, obviously, you know, Barkov and Huberto are uh, probably the, the two guys to watch. Yep. But 
I've, I kind of like the Nikita Gusev signing, to be honest. Like, he just scored his first goal with them, if I'm not mistaken, last night. And, man, that guy can move up and down the lineup. He never really, you know, put it together in New Jersey. I, I don't know, man. All it takes a few good games. If they go deep, you got, I th- personally, the way that I've forecasted the NHL playoffs last year, even, and I, I made a decent amount of money, you know, and it was me jumping in relatively late considering we were going into the playoffs. I, I just grabbed secondary guys that I thought could make a little bit of noise on good teams and then wait for a few nights and then, unload and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm like maybe five ten times my money on that card now albeit it's like a three to five dollar card but now i have money to put into something that i actually want brandon i've lost your audio i'm sorry but yeah man like it's yeah, uh do my best yeah, I mean, as a fan of the Panthers, like, look, I, you know, when you talk about secondary scorers, I start to think about guys like Frank Petrano and uh, guys like that, by the way, they, they build up a little bit of a cult following and he could very easily have an explosive early part of the playoffs. And then you're going to, it's going to pay off big. Think about the beginning of the season, right? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking like Josh Anderson, Joel Farabee. I'm sure we remember those situations. So there are those opportunities when the playoffs get going. Well, um, and right I mean, now, I remember, I remember when I was at your house doing a sub a few months back in like January yep. and I was going yep. through your young guns and I was looking for Carter Verhage. You remember? And, and yep. like now, now all of a sudden the guy's popping off and he's another guy that, I mean, could very well all takes a few. By the way, days. remember, I thought I sold that to you and then I, I found out, I figured out, I actually sent it off to PSA. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, look, for me, that's like a uh, like, look, he had a great year, but also that's that could potentially be a PCD card. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, it, you know, and, and it's also right now is the time to potentially buy on a dip. If I'm holding out hope that the Blues can put it together and get a little something going with these final 10 games or so. And if they do and if they can sneak in there and get past uh, get past Arizona, um they're legitimate. Like that's a team that even though they're way behind in points, when you, when you look at Minnesota and Colorado, Las Vegas, um, they could do something there. They, they are a quality team. Ryan O'Reilly's picking it up uh, like, uh, like, like something sensational. And, you know, Jordan Bennington, still Jordan Bennington. He may have faltered this year, um, but he is the type of goaltender who can kind of shine under pressure in playoff situations. So you're looking to buy on the dip right now. You're, you're, you're looking to go off the beaten path. I don't think now is the time to be picking up the guys that everyone is going to be looking no. at. Um, no. The top guys on the Leafs, the top guys on the Oilers, even like someone like a Steven Stamkos. It's not necessarily the time to do that right now in terms of purchasing. McKinnon's uh, hot right now, too. Lightning. McKinnon's yeah, well, McKinnon, right now, he, he, he turned it up big time. Yeah. And there are – and I think – the majority of hockey people are, are calling Colorado to win. I, I don't see it yet. Personally, um, I, I see a team like Las Vegas being such a, a, a deadly team to deal with in the playoffs. And there's a team that there's plenty of opportunities on, by the way. Uh, Marcia Dude, So. Chandler Stevenson's is my Stevenson. quiet call out, bro. I'm telling you, that Playing guy plays storm, second I mean. line minutes. He's literally, I don't know if he's still a dollar, but the guy whose card is a, was a dollar. Not I picked a up lot like, of what? Not a, not a lot of value currently. 
there. And I'm like, this guy plays second line minutes with Marcia Show and Ryan O'Reilly, or not Ryan O'Reilly, um, Mike Ry- Mike Riley. Who is who's the Riley on on I mean, I'm not a Vegas? On, on I'm, Vegas. Not, I'm not sure about Vegas lines. It's gonna kill me, man. I'll figure it out. It's all good. You'll remember it later. I know, man. This is brutal. Yeah, I mean, Vegas is a team. I, I, I same, same thing. You know, same deal with um, uh, the New York Islanders. That's a team that that people were keeping an eye on. Uh, Varlamov has has been sensational. I just there are so many team. good components there. I just can't stand that team, and I don't know why. No disrespect to any Islanders fans, you know. I just right. there's something about it. there's something about the Islanders. I just I'm not the biggest. I don't like them. I know. I don't like There's them. There's definitely something about them. I love Barry Trotz, but they're, I don't they're not like they're them. not the, they're not a flashy team. Yeah. yeah, they're not a flashy team, but anyone that's following them and supporting them knows that they have the ability to go very deep. One hundred. The Pittsburgh Penguins have been coming out, of, uh, not not out of nowhere, but coming back from the dead, so to speak. Uh, they're a team to keep an eye on as well. Um, you know, when you look at guys like Kapanen who were gone for a little while and came back and are contributing so much now, I think that's an opportunity. Yeah. Is, he, is he contributing well. right now? Um, is he, he is. I mean, I think he's got a couple more points in the bag as soon as he came back. Really? And when he was when he left with injury, he was really starting to produce. Really? So, and he's a game breaker type too. You know. Yeah. And then as far as that final spot in, in the East, uh, the Rangers aren't giving up. Giving up. Uh, Panarin is is explosive right now. Uh, he's a guy you're definitely going to want to look at in the offseason. Um, but the Rangers could surprise some people here. The the Bruins uh, are most likely going to make it in. How many points it, back? The, are the Rangers are going to make that, that. How many? I think it's like a couple points, but the Bruins have a couple games in hand. So. Hmm. And that hey, div- listen, if you're a Vancouver is, Canucks fan, that division is mental, man. It is absolutely. Uh, there's so much parity in the league, and there, it's it's so competitive. Um, again, it's just all about timing things. There's a big opportunity uh, for selling when the playoffs get started, and especially if a team like some of the ones we've just discussed, if they can eke in, um, that's a big opportunity because maybe they eked in, but they're not necessarily going to go deep. Um, and like you mentioned, I think the second good play is looking for those secondary players on the big teams. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Lightning, uh, Palat, who I, I feel has been overlooked all season long. I mean, his whole um, career. Yep. Uh, guys like Kucherov, if, if he's back when he returns, and Tarasenko, who has returned and has not been lighting the world on fire, are potentially guys that in the playoffs uh, could, could turn things up a little bit early on. Yeah. So just like the beginning of the season, um, when you see some early performances, not from the traditional guys, that could be a big opportunity. I bet you there's people looking at the secondary guys on the Leafs right now because it's not, not incredibly affordable to look, uh, look, look at Marner and Matthews, but there's secondary players there. Zachary uh, Hyman, uh, Zach man. Hyman's. Zachary Hyman. Robertson, perhaps. Maybe we'll get more time as it goes on. Absolutely. I you like know? it. We're giving people tidbits here and there. Speaking of tidbits, it's not tidbits. No tidbits. Or have some tidbits while you're getting tidbits. Tidbits. We're, we're not that Canadian, tidbits. man. Come on. We're gonna we're be talking Canadian, a little. Man. We're gonna be talking a little bit about different forms of progress when it comes to working out. And I know that 
and it, I mean, we're both trainers, so we can talk about this right now. You ever have a client who's like, I really want to lose 20 pounds. And, yep. you know, the number, first of all, is arbitrary. Um, it's just like a number that they think. Yeah, it's, al- it's always something along the lines of a multiplier of 10, 10, 20. Or, or it's like 20. I really need to lose 23 pounds, you know? And I'm like, where did this number come from? And like, often that number is associated with, you know, how they, the last time that they felt good and stepped on a scale. Yeah. And that's, that's the two coincide, right? Whether that be, you know, last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. Right. And, you know, maybe they're trudging along and they're coming in regularly and they're working out and they're weighing their food and all this stuff. And, you know, the, the number just isn't quite budging. And let's say they've lost 11 pounds and not that 23, but they're super disappointed, you know? I, I want to start normalizing different forms of progress than just weighing yourself, you know, like, because weight isn't always the same for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, personally, if I go to the, like, when I go to the doctor, they take my measurements, my height and my weight, you know, without looking at my body fat percentage, I'm in like the obese category. I'm like five, eight and 108, not obese, but overweight for sure. Five, eight and 180 pounds, 185 pounds. Like, you know, if, if we're just looking at weight, someone could be like, well, you know, you're kind of overweight and technically based on what the government and, you know, the health industry says my weight should be for my height. If we were just concerned about weight, I am technically overweight. But as you know, and as most of us know, I'm definitely not, you know? So I'm actually, I'm actually borderline obese as of right now, uh, if, we're, if we're using the BMI standards. Um, so, uh, you know, we don't all have access to these fancy schmancy machines that will give us body fat percentage. But what you're saying is important to, to, to remember um, is that it's, it's not, especially when you're in a program that involves strength training, your body's changing, you're gaining lean mass, you lose three pounds. If your goal is to lose five, but you know, you, you lost, you know, four pounds and gained two pounds of muscle, which is awesome. You only lost like a net of two pounds. And, and then maybe you're disappointed. Yeah. You shouldn't because you have faster metabolism now and you have lean mass, which is great overall for your health. Uh, a lot of people very quickly gloss over the fact that they may have gotten stronger they, they gloss over the fact that their form has improved. And those are all things that just contribute to like long-term stuff, which of course we don't value as a society as much as the short-term and the immediate satisfaction. But, you know, again, like being blessed with long-term people that we take care of, we get to see that kind of play out over, over the course of a period of time rather than like, oh my God, I've got two months and I've got to lose this amount of weight. Yeah, which is fine. It's doable. Typically speaking, I know that you and I don't enjoy that. That's not our favorite type of training. No, yeah, it's not sustainable. So then we have that person come back and have the same issue again. Exactly. Um, And it's also boring, because generally speaking, it just, you know, I I can have you jump around and go for runs and eat less food and be miserable. You basically drill uh, drill them until they get injured. Like, I mean, and like, hopefully they don't. But like, you know, you're you're redlining it for as long as you can. Yeah. And you know what, if in the case of you, if you're an actor that has a role coming up, if you 
you know, you, typically what you see is I have a wedding coming up and that sort of thing. Like you want to accommodate that. It's not like you'd say of no, course. Um, but you want to accommodate that. But again, uh, you know, I think these days, these aren't typically the things that I have coming to me these days, because these days it's about people that first and foremost, they just need to be moving around and they need to be working out during the times that we're in right now. Um, that's literally first and foremost. And, uh, and for them, the most important things to remember are the progress that you're making in terms of being consistent, uh, your form when it comes to movements, because you don't want to be injured and you don't want to hurt yourself down the line. You don't want to have your joints. We talked about joints being in precarious positions a couple episodes ago. Yeah. We don't want that. You want to be stronger. Uh, women want to increase bone density, right? And we all want stronger cores. And by the way, stronger core does not mean six pack. No. Um, you know, it's, it means stronger core, right? Strength does not always correlate with the amount of visual no. muscle that you're seeing. I think so those um, are all important. Yeah. Yeah. And like doing things like measure, I mean, I'm sure we all have a measuring tape around our house, you know, like yep. measure your waist yep. or a belt, you know, maybe an old belt and like find out which notch it's on. And this way, Absolutely. it doesn't have to necessarily be discouraging when you step on a scale because, like, as we, as I said about the number for me, it's arbitrary. You know, you you can, these are real world ways. You know, how does my shirt fit around my sleeve? Am I wearing a small yeah. versus I was wearing a, a medium, right? All these things are, are extremely impactful and, and, and arguably more important. Yeah, absolutely. Love it, man. All right, team. I agree. I hope you guys had as much fun as we did today. A uh, lot of talk and shop, a few cool little tidbits. Tidbits? Tidbits. <laughs> tidbits for you to think about the next time you're having your tidbits? There you go. I, I hope you guys have a great day and uh, keep on keeping on, team. I know that uh, it's been tough out here, but we're going to keep pushing. My Coach Ontario Co people, hang in there. Coach Co out. Peace.